Hi, this is Lainey Cameron, and you're listening to the Best of Women's Fiction podcast. I'm a marketing expert, a digital nomad, and the author of the 12-time award-winning novel, The Exit Strategy. If you haven't read it yet, I'd love to know what you think. I created this podcast to showcase authors and books I admire, and I'm thrilled that this season, Ashley Hasty, book blogger extraordinaire and creator of the Hasty Book List, is joining me as a co-host. We'll be alternating weeks. In this episode, I chat with Maggie Smith about her debut novel, Truth and Other Lies, a novel which, in my own review, I describe as compelling and smart, hitting on powerful themes that make it an ideal book club choice. Let's start with Maggie. Where are you joining me from today? I'm joining you from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It's still cold here, even though it's the end of middle of March. We we don't get much spring here, unfortunately. (laughs) So truth and other lies. It has so many interesting themes woven through it. And I'm actually fascinated to hear how you describe this novel. For people who haven't yet had a chance to read it, how do you describe the book? Well, I've been thinking about that as I've been asked it quite often lately, that I really think it's 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 kind of like an iceberg. When I describe it in uh, what the plot is, it's kind of like what you can see above the ocean. So it's got uh, journalism, it's got social media, Twitter troll, it's got a, a secondary character that's running for political office. So it's got those things that are kind of buzzy, but underneath it's really kind of a story of a 25-year-old searching for who's going to be the role model for her for her life and the two choices that i'm presenting in the book one is a a famous journalist and she's a journalist uh that serves as kind of a mentor for her and she's very charismatic she's won the pulitzer everyone knows her i say think of like this is diane sawyer in another life and her mother who is the one that is running for political office but she and her mother have a very contentious relationship and they have a totally different uh, belief system, value system in terms of most of the social issues that are running around nowadays. So she she's gravitating toward the you know famous charismatic mentor. And it's kind of the story of how she's looking for what kind of woman she wants to be. And I think that's the part that's buried underneath the waves, but is the more pertinent thing that I was interested in writing. Well, I'm going to do something I love to do, which is to pick a review from from one of my favorite authors when people have amazing endorsements and the endorsements on this book, like it reads like a reel of my favorite authors. It's fabulous. I mean, seriously, Camille Pagan, you've got Anne Garvin, you've got Jamie Beck, you've got Hank Philippi Ryan, which is the one I'm going to read like, wow, that you know, a book is good when all of those authors are willing to stand behind it. So let me just read for folks who haven't yet got a sense of this book, a little bit about what Hank Philippi Ryan said. She describes it as twisty, timely, and rivetingly thought-provoking. Smith minds the intensity of competition, the duplicity of the human psyche, and the terrifying knowledge that with one wrong decision, your life can be changed forever. Forever. The author knows her journalism, which I think is fabulous because for anyone who doesn't know Hank Philippi Ryan, she was herself an award-winning journalist and is phenomenal. And so it's amazing when an award-winning journalist tells you your book about journalists gets it spot on right. <laughs> Yay! Um, exactly. And she talks about the stress and the compulsion for the big story and how you as an author deeply understand the tension and conflicts that women battle when their professional and personal lives are set on a collision course. 
wow, what a review. I mean, Hank is amazing. So you must have like, did you do a little dance around the living room when you got, got that endorsement? <laughs> One of the last ones that came through. So I was like, well, I mean, all of them are great. And and the rest the rest of them were more women's fiction, which is what this genre is. Hank, I really picked because of what you mentioned, that she was a journalist. I said, I know you write thrillers and this isn't really a thriller, but I'm, I'm coming to you because I want the, a journalist to look at. And, and a brilliant writer. Her books are phenomenal page turners. So I was so excited to see that one. Tell folks about the inspiration for this. Like when I wrote my own review, I gave this a five-star review. It's a phenomenal book. And I, I talk about how complex it is that you've woven in, like I said earlier, all these different themes, but I'm really interested, like where did it start, right? What was the inspiration, the beginning kernel of how you came up with a book that, you know, attacks the generational divide, attacks the idea of like social media and trolls and stuff getting out of, out of control online. It's, it's, it attacks the idea of familial relationships and how do we find who we really are at the end of the day as a, as a young millennial. I mean, goodness, you packed so much into this book, but where did it start? I'm getting hearing about it now. <laughs> describing it. Oh, that's an awfully lot. Um, it actually started out in, in a workshop, the very first workshop that I took as a writer, uh, which was about four years ago, I guess. And it was a prompt that said, I could never write a book about. And I put mothers and daughters because I don't have any children of my own, although I've had stepchildren through the years. And um, my mother and I had a very contentious, fractious relationship from, I think, the day I was born, it seems like. <laughs> not, not abusive or any of that terrible stuff, but just not loving and not close. The people that call their mother every day, I shake my head and go, I don't get it. Hmm. And, and my mother is deceased now, so I can say these things. <laughs> but that was kind of the impetus. I wanted to write about that relationship. And it's a long ways from where it started, which was really kind of a secret baby adoption story when it started. It has nothing to do with that now. But it does have, it always had those three characters, an older mentor, a mother, and a daughter. And for a couple of the iterations, the mother was really the uh, major focus of the book. And I switched somewhere along the line to the daughter being the only point of view. I took on too much at the beginning for a beginning writer. I had all three points of view. It could cause this divide, not just among generations, but among families. And I thought you portrayed that very well because you've got the young journalist who's super idealistic, who's struggling with the politics of her mother that are completely contrary to her own. And I thought that was a great choice to do it that way. Yeah, and that's the feedback I'm getting from readers. I, I have a lot of uh, pre-reviews. I, I put the book out for, uh, not for everybody, but on NetGalley. So I do have a lot of people that are, are giving reviews early. And, and that's what the feedback I'm getting a lot is that even though I didn't agree with either one or the other character, I could see the point of view. And I think that's kind of what's going to be necessary to repair some of the real fractious things that are going on between family members or friends or things like that, that, you know, at least listen to the other person and, and give them the benefit of the doubt sometimes that there might be more going on behind the scenes than you know about. And without giving anything away of the storyline here, I thought you did a lovely job of giving hope to the reader that that might be possible for us all someday. So I really thought you did a nice job of putting that in a way that like, I ended hopeful with this book. Okay. All right. Well, I, I hope that we get past this time that we're in the middle of. It's 
it's ugly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It drives me crazy. So you talked a little bit about this, how it changed over time. It had more points of view. Is there anything the reader might be surprised to know is different now in the final version than the earlier versions or the way you originally, you know, it, it kind of saw the book? Well, the first book that I went out with for agents, not to again, give too much away, but the, the bad guy won <laughs> in the book. And that was uh, feedback I got a lot is that you have to change that ending. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I know, I know I do, but I have struggled with it and I can't figure it out. And people, you know, agents would come back and, and uh, some of the small presses that I went to too said, well, that's your problem. You've got to figure it out. <laughs> and so I thought, oh, okay. So I went back to the drawing board and really worked on a way that I could turn that around at the end to make it, you know, the good guy wins as opposed to right. the bad guy. Awesome. And any advice based on what you've learned there from other, for other writers? Because you, like you say, you took on this incredibly ambitious debut with taking on these really big, hard topics and you executed it flawlessly. This book is fabulous. It's getting great reviews, like you say. Well, I, I think also I was not writing the mother very deeply because, and so I found that that was another thing I was getting from my uh, developmental editors is you, you really can't paint this person so negatively. You have to look deeper and that may be more difficult for you to identify with her than the young, because I remember what it was like to be 25 years old and idealistic. So that one was easy for me, but I did have to struggle with the mother and go back and really try and question a little bit more why I was writing her the way uh, I was. And now she's kind of really my favorite character because I think she was the most difficult to write. Yeah. And you did a nice job of making her relatable, right? I also don't happen to particularly agree with her politics, but she's almost a heroine character by the end of the book. She makes some interesting choices. She faces things head on, the, the mother character. But I do feel like there were, there was an older character in there that's, you know, not necessarily the best role model and uh, a young idealistic journalist. So as I was reading and I was thinking, hmm, maybe this is in the atmosphere somewhere. Yeah. So seeing as you brought it up, it's perfect transition. Books, anything you would recommend that you have read recently or that you just love? Well, Lisa Barr's Woman on Fire, which um, has just been optioned by Sharon Stone. So she's she's going to get it made and Sharon's going to be the older Wowza. woman. Wowza. I just uh, saw that. <laughs> I also really loved uh, The Christie Affair. That came out in February. And I'm a big Agatha Christie fan. And it's basically a retelling or a reimagining of what happened during the 11 day disappearance of Agatha Christie when her marriage was breaking up. And I thought that the author Nina de Gramont, I think might be the French pronunciation, did just a really excellent job of coming up with a thing that I would never have guessed as to why that happened. And it could have happened that way or it couldn't have, but I found it very interesting to read that book because of, of the whole Agatha Christie genre that I'm, I'm fascinated by. Cool. And you also mentioned Lisa Barr's book, which is also fabulous. I had a chance to read that one too. It's one of the best things about doing the podcast is I get to read early copies of people's books and talk to them and, and ask my questions. So let's wrap up by me asking you, is there anything we haven't talked about that you particularly love to talk about relative to this book? It's full of secrets. It's got lots of intrigue. It kind of plays out as you go through the book. It's a really smart, what I said in my review, smart and compelling reads. Like, like not every book is this clever. 
and credits the reader with being clever. You know, sometimes books kind of treat the reader a little like, let me break this down or make it really silly, 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 simple for you. And this book, I felt like you were treating me like a smart reader and I appreciated that. Anything you want to share that I haven't asked you? Well, I was more thinking, you know, along the, the lines of advice, not necessarily about this book. I am a podcaster as you are. And I have been thinking lately about how all the people I've talked to, and it's been over a hundred now, how they all persevered and they all found a way to get their book out there. And I got turned down by not quite as many agents as you did, but maybe that I just stopped before you did um, and went to small presses. But uh, and then my first press went bankrupt and I had to start over again looking for small presses. So I think just the idea of what it takes to persevere and to get your work out there, but there's always a path. That's, I think, one of the lessons I'm taking from this debut is that I am with a small press. I have a, 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 a good publicist that's helped me and I've done a lot of the work too. But I think it's also because of the quality of the book that I put out. I, I do think I tried very hard, as you said, to say, I want to read a, I want to write a book that would be like I would like to read. And I'm an intelligent reader and an intelligent woman. I usually don't finish books where the characters are more caricatures than anything right. else. And they don't seem like they're behaving like anybody I know in this genre, at least in women's fiction. I think it's important to get the feelings right and to have it be truthful and honest about how people actually behave. Right. Is there anything in particular from those early reviews that has like warmed your heart that makes you like want to dance around the living room? Well, I won't say her name, but today I got a phone call while I was driving, my husband was driving and it was somebody I know, but I've just met. She's a, a, a new friend and reader. And she was saying, I just had to call you to tell you how much I'm loving your book. And I never call people. I, I always text people, but I, I'm calling you. I'm on page 217. And I was like, you've made my day. This is so fun. That's, that's really the most fun thing for being a writer is to have interactions with actual readers that you don't particularly know. I mean, they're not your writer friends that you grew up with in the writing journey and they're right. not your book club friends. They're, they're people that you feel like are a naive reader that came to your work and are, are really being honest about it. So that was oh, that's, wonderful. That's phenomenal. Did you do anything at that moment? Did you do a little fist pump or anything in particular? <laughs> thank you, thank you. And my husband was going, what's going on? <laughs> I love it. Well, to wrap us up here, if folks want to connect with you, where do you hang out in the world and social media? Is there one particular platform that you like to be on? Yeah, I'm generally on Instagram. I'm My handle is Maggie Smith Writes, W-R-I-T-E-S. I'm an ex- art consultant. So the writing and the artwork kind of combine into Instagram. And that's where I tend to hang out. I'm on Twitter a little bit and Facebook. Graham and I love funny. your cover analysis. You do a great job of showing trends in book covers that I think is fabulous. And I think I just saw like a couple of weeks back, you even showed like the history behind this cover of this book and right. the different iterations it went through. So if folks are interested in that, I'll put your link to your Instagram, to your website and the books that you recommended on the episode page on the website at bestofwomensfiction.com. Thank you so much for joining me today, Maggie, and great luck with the debut here. Thanks for having me on. For links to the books mentioned in today's episode, the author's social media, and the video version, please visit www.bestofwomensfiction.com. 
I'd love if you subscribed to the podcast and giving it a quick review or some stars really helps. Also, if you enjoy it, please share it with friends.